the Rangers are one win away from making it to the ALCS for the first time in 12 years. On today's show, I'm breaking down all of your questions about the important stuff, like favorite Creed songs and if the Rangers have an unfair advantage over the Orioles. I'm talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Monday, October 9th. Your Rangers are one win away from making it to the ALCS for the first time since 2011. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to listen every day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's mailback episode and your questions, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, the Rangers have an off day before Game 3, heading home to the first Rangers playoff game played at Globe Life Field. Ugh, what an exciting off day it is. We've got some NLDS action tonight, some Dodgers versus Bray, or Do- not Dodgers, Dodgers versus Diamondbacks and Braves versus Philly is going to be a lot of fun. And there was one question in this mailbag that y'all didn't get to. Um, so I'm going to ask it to myself because I think it's very, very important. It's being asked to a lot of Rangers and a lot of uh, Rangers personnel. Is what is your favorite Creed song? Well, I'm so glad you didn't ask, but I'm going to answer anyway. I, I've got to go with Arms Wide Open. I mean, just an absolute classic, just a, a wonderful song. You may be thinking, if you're not as chronically online as I am or as a lot of Rangers fans are, Bryce, what in the world are you talking about? Why are you talking about Creed on a Rangers podcast? Well, thank you to Andrew Heaney for letting us in on this little nugget. He talked about this before Game 2. That to kind of get this team loose, this has been a team with a lot of ups and downs and, uh, you know, all, all arounds. And to get themselves loose and, and lit and happy and feeling light, feeling good about themselves before games, they've been listening to Creed. If you don't know Creed, um, you're probably very young. Go go look up Creed. And they're one of those bands that goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's kind of the general vibe of Creed. And I, I, I'm sorry, I can't put it more articulately than that. That's that's basically what it is. And um I'm not a huge Creed guy, per se, but what I do enjoy doing, and I would recommend that you do this, um, maybe when you're by yourself or with a friend, with a partner, um, just go and, and sing random songs with a Creed voice. It's honestly an all-time... If you're in a bad mood, go and do that, and I promise you, you will start laughing and smiling and put yourself in a much better mood. Some all-time favorites of mine do that with their old-school Avril Lavigne or um, old-school Taylor Swift uh, love story. Sing that to yourself in a Creed voice, and I guarantee you will not stop laughing. It's an absolute joy. Um, but this team, this this kind of exemplifies what I've wanted from this team for a long time. For basically since the beginning of this year, I've been calling this team a bunch of baseball robots. And for the most part, I've been kind of right. There haven't been a whole lot of personality showed. I mean, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon are about as stoic as you can get. I mean, it's not a bad thing. They're they're good baseball robots. robots. They're very efficiently programmed. They're very good at baseball. And you know what? For a fan of this team, 
I, I like my players to be good at baseball. And you know what? If they have to sacrifice some of that, to, some personality to be as great at baseball as they are, then you know what? So be it. Jacob Grom kind of felt like he he went in that category just a little bit, but you know we never really got to see all that much of it. And I'm, that's why I was so happy seeing this team celebrate as often as they did. And hopefully they'll have um, at least three more celebrations um, on the field after winning playoff series left. We'll see. Uh, they might just have one more. They might have no more. That's entirely possible. But seeing these guys bond together over that, and it kind of makes me realize, oh, this is why this team is, you know, vibing and clicking at the right time. Like, they're just loose. They're having fun. They like each other. They are just feeling absolutely none of the pressure that you might imagine they're feeling. And I think that's great. I think that's a huge key to a team getting hot and going on a run is you got to have some rallying cry, some rallying cause. I mean, the Phillies had uh, their their song Dancing on My Own, which they didn't use the original Robin version. I don't know why they didn't. Maybe they'll use that this year. Um, but that was kind of their song. And whenever we play in the stands last year, I mean, the fans would go nuts, absolutely bananas. And this year, I mean... I think that's going. This is going to be the Rangers' equivalent of that. I mean, they've got some some strong Phillies vibes, except more business-like, not as much himbo energy as as Phillies. Which, if if you don't know what a himbo is, um, it's just a, a, a I don't know I don't know basically golden retriever man energy. That's kind of the best way that I can describe it. And that's very much the Phillies vibe. The Rangers are a little more like tidied up, like reserved himbo energy, if that's even a thing. But just. I know it's silly to dwell on one comment about Creed, but like, it's incredible. Honestly, it's incredible. It's going to be blaring. All kinds of Creed songs are probably going to be blaring through Globe Life Field on Tuesday. If you're there, sing along, learn, learn yourself some, some Creed catalogs, sing along to some other random songs in Creed voice. I guarantee you it will boost your day by a thousand fold. It is just a very, very fun thing. Now, I didn't get this response on Twitter because Grant was trying not to start some some fire, but, but Grant texted me this for a question. Grant Schiller, the OG Shill, if you didn't listen to my podcast with him at the end of the regular season last week, go check that out. It was a lot of fun there. Always a lot of fun to have Grant on. But uh, he asks, how many apologies should the Rangers be- make for beating the poor, poor Orioles despite their buy? Now, this is a good question. You know, there's there should be a lot of apologies given by the Rangers to these poor, poor Orioles. And the Rangers, Rangers haven't finished business yet. But, you know, the Rangers having the audacity to to beat games against, beat a team with a higher seed than them. Ugh, oh, my God, what a tragedy for the sport. And they may be thinking, Bryce, shut up. Who cares? But I care. And I feel like a lot of people care. There's a lot of discourse around this new league by plenty of people from Ken Rosenthal in his uh, daily uh, newsletter to just general people around baseball of like, wow, these, you know, these buy teams, they need to be punished. Even, even Sully, his, his hate and self wanting the, the, you know, the, the wildcard teams to be punished even more for their sins of being a wildcard team. I mean, it's devaluing the regular season. Well, if you're really devaluing the regular season, look at one of the teams that got a buy in the Houston Astros with a 90 win Astros who only won the division on a tiebreaker. Didn't have to play a one six game 163 to, you know, decide who won the division and the 99 win Rays had to play in the wild card and they had to fly all the way from Toronto to Tampa after the end of the regular season. Like that's, that's not valuing the regular season. I mean, because the Braves are down one, nothing and laid an egg against the Phillies who are a really good team and knocked them out of the playoffs last year. The Dodgers who got absolutely shellacked because they threw as much as I love him in an old and kind of broken Clayton Kershaw in game one against the Diamondbacks because the Astros split the first two games in 
Minute Maid Park in Houston against the Twins because the Rangers took a 2 nothing lead on the Orioles as they take the series back to Arlington. I mean, sometime, at, at some point, we're going to have to just reckon with sometimes they're just good teams that lose. Sometimes they're flawed teams that you know win 100 games. It happens. I mean, the Orioles are a very good team, and they very much still could win the last three games of this series and reverse sweep the Rangers. They have not been swept in, I believe it's 91 straight series since May of last year. And it's going to take a lot for the Rangers to finish this off. They might, I'm going to be a lot more worried if they don't do it in three games versus uh, if they have to wait until game four. Because, I mean, having Nate Evaldi on the hill to close out a potential, another potential series clenching win, that would be amazing. And it's, the starting pitching is not as good as good after Nathan Evaldi. But there are also Rays fair, Orioles fans that I saw on Twitter saying, ugh, I mean, even in the broadcast for Fox saying, ugh, man, it's so unfair. The Rangers have such an unfair advantage being able to throw Jordan Montgomery in game two after a playoff series. Well, the Rangers lost their division on the last day. They had to fly from Seattle to Florida, about as far as you can fly in the contiguous 48 United States. They had one off day, then they faced off against the 99-win Rays, and they beat the snot out of them in their own building. And then they beat the snot out of them again and swept that series. Then they head up to Baltimore to face the 101-win Baltimore Orioles. And for the first two games, they beat them. And they should have beat them a little more handily in the second game, but they beat them the first two games. And they have not been home in two weeks you think that's an advantage to the Rangers? You think Jordan Montgomery, the guy who, as much as I love him, as much as he was great down the stretch, he was not great on Sunday. Having him is this unfair advantage. If the Rangers' rotation was healthy, which, for the most part, outside of John Meads, who pitched for like a month after being out for a year and a half, so it's not like you could necessarily count on a whole, him a whole lot. He was scratched, but outside of that, I mean, the rest of this Orioles' rotation has been healthy, and they get to go throw Kyle Bradish, their game one starter, and the Rangers did a bullpen game. A bullpen game piggybacking Andrew Heaney and Dane Dunning. And the Rangers won that game. I'm sorry, is that not an advantage of game one of a playoff series? You have to piggyback a guy who was kicked out of the rotation in the second half and a guy who wasn't in the rotation to start the season? That That's an unfair advantage. And Jordan Montgomery, who if everyone was healthy, he'd be a game four starter for this team. Having him pitch in game two and maybe again in game five if it gets there on normal rest, that's an unfair advantage. Grow up. Get over yourselves. Sometimes good teams lose. Sometimes teams that aren't as good in the regular season peak at the right time. It's what makes baseball great is the importance of the postseason. It's random. It's fluky sometimes. That's the way baseball go. And if you don't like it, then grow up and get over it or just eliminate the postseason at the end of the year. Don't even play a World Series. Just have the team with the most wins in the regular season win, like it's the English Premier League. I don't want baseball like that. I don't think the Orioles want people defending. I don't think the Braves want people, you know, rushing to their defensive. Oh, these poor Braves got baby. No. Sometimes good teams have flaws, and sometimes teams that didn't win as much in the regular season catch fire at the right time and go win it all. Why can't it just be the Rangers? And if they do, it is not some indictment on the entirety of the playoff format. Coming up, we're going to look at a little bit more of these questions and the Rangers possibly being World Series favorites. But first, this word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies, where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Shout out to the Aviators for making Locked On Rangers the first listen every single day. On tomorrow, she'll be doing a live stream on YouTube right after the game. Win or lose, hopefully talking about a Rangers sweep of the Orioles. The Rangers take on Baltimore in the ALDS. You can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, there were some lines moving in the betting lines um, in the last couple of weeks. I guess the last couple of days, actually, not just weeks. Well, weeks as well. But it was something pointed out to me by, uh, of course, who other than Bob Nightingale, who tweeted the uh, the numbers for some inferior betting site. But at, at the at the best betting site on earth, if you're going to place your bets, at FanDuelSportsbook.com um, or Sportsbook.FanDuel.com, just FanDuel.com, code locked on, uh, locked on, um, has the Texas Rangers as the World Series favorites at this point. The Rangers right now are plus 380 to win the World Series. Next closest are the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 450, the Atlanta Braves at plus 450, Houston Astros at plus 500, Twins at plus 550, and Dodgers at plus 700. I believe the Orioles, let's see, Orioles are plus 3,000. The Diamondbacks, despite being up one nothing on the Dodgers and kicking their teeth in, are plus 900. I'm kind of confused by that. But I'm also kind of confused at the Rangers being favorites. Now, I know I've been talking about them being a juggernaut and being the best team and saying they're going to win the World Series. But now that it's actually happening, if people, you know, putting their money where their mouth is, um, unless they're betting with, with FanDuel, it, it seems like is, is a great place to do it. If you do it anywhere else, don't don't bother. But if you're doing it, go to FanDuel. Um, but the Rangers actually being favorites, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. This is a team with the extreme, like, underdog mentality at this point. They have been, you know, laughed off and berated and, you know, pointed at and, ha you guys are absolute frauds. Oh my God, what a stupid team spending all this money coming off of a 94 loss season or coming off a 100 loss season. And wow, you, you lost again, despite those making, spending half a billion dollars on your middle infield. Wow, what a bunch of team frauds. Oh, you bought an entirely new rotation. Oh yeah, like that's going to help. Oh, you brought Bruce Bochy out of the retirement. Oh yeah, like that's going to help. Well, it, it, it's actually helped. And despite them being one of the best teams in all of baseball for the majority of the season, it, it felt like they didn't get any of the support and, and love and appreciation from nationally, at least down the stretch when they faltered of remembering that this was a really good team. It is a really good team, but was hurt and faltering at the wrong time because, oh, the Astros who have been there, done that, uh, you know, they're definitely going to have a much better end to their season than the Rangers will. Oh, the Seattle Mariners. Well, they went to playoffs last year. So they're, therefore, I like them the preseason more than I, I like the Rangers. So therefore, I'm going to revert to those picks. And well, the, the Rangers 
kick the snot out of the freaking Seattle Mariners. And uh, unfortunately, they couldn't quite get it done to win the division uh, in the final day of the season. Maybe if they did, all this narrative would be turned completely around. Maybe the Astros would be would have lost to the 99 win Rays, or they would have lost to or be down to nothing to the 101 win Baltimore Orioles, and the Rangers would be up on the Twins. I don't know. That this is where we are, and just having the Rangers be like they have this magnifying glass on them, and more just Bob Nightingale tweeting about it makes me deeply uncomfortable because he is a, a known jinxer of things. Um, it makes me it makes me worried, but I'm I'm not worried about this team. They clearly don't care about outside expectations. They clearly just care about what Creed song are they playing in the locker room before and after games, and I think that will be their primary focus besides just winning baseball games. Obviously, winning baseball games come first, but Creed songs in the locker room are definitely up there. Now, the next question comes to us from Dalton House on Twitter. He asked, how big of an impact do you think Evan Carter has had on this team since calling him up? Well, it's it's pretty obvious to say that he's had a, a pretty big, big, big impact on this lineup. And when, they were, when the Rangers called him up, they were at their most dire point in the season. I mean, his first game was a loss to the A's. That that was a four-game losing streak. I mean, the Rangers headed into that series against the Astros. I believe the game before was the walk-off homer by Elos Garcia against the Twins, um, if I, my memory serves me correctly. But then they just got blasted in those three games against the Astros. Here comes Evan Carter. I mean, Adoles Garcia was out for who knows how long at that point. It was looking like it. maybe he'll go back at the end of the regular season and maybe he'll be healthy for the playoffs if the Rangers even get there at that point because at that point they were out of the playoff picture. And since he's come up, he has been a huge boost to this lineup and doing exactly what this lineup does well of, you know, lengthening at bats and having, you know, staying in the strike zone and, and not expanding the zone and occasionally hitting for power and playing some pretty good defense and stealing bases. And, you know, he's been a, a little figure for everyone to bond over, calling him the little savior. And you know, he was never intended to be that, but he's got such a good head on his shoulders that I don't think any of that got to him. And I think that's why the Rangers were a little worried and hesitant to call him up. I mean, they knew about the character of this guy, the mental makeup, mental fortitude of him to not get in over his head and not be overwhelmed by the burden of expectations of being called up to kind of help stabilize a team in the midst of a terrible free fall. And he has done exactly what's been asked of him. And I think he's had a pretty, pretty darn big impact on this team. And I don't think he's the entire reason that they, you know, have made it this far by any means, but he's he's definitely a big part of it, and he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. So incredibly happy that Evan Carter got to make his big league debut, and the stuff he's done since he's been called up has been beyond my wildest expectations for him, which were already really freaking high. Now, the next question comes to us from Garrett MJ on Twitter. Should Dane Dunning be, keep coming out of the pen as a long man, um, a middle inning man, instead of being a starter? Or do you keep Heaney and Dunning paired through these playoffs as a tandem? Now, this is a good question, and I'm not entirely sure what the Rangers will end up doing. I think that if it gets to game four, then we might end up seeing something like that. Uh, maybe we'll end up seeing Martin Perez because, I mean, we've seen these Orioles kind of struggle with lefties, or at least they did against Heaney, and the Heaney-Dunning combination was, was really effective. And the Heaney dunning combination both those guys and martin perez in the final two games of the season all three of those guys were fantastic in those must win games which the rangers did win one of and didn't win the other of but it, it wasn't because of what martin perez and dane dunning did that they lost the one nothing game on sunday to end the regular season it wasn't because of that so i, I think that dunning is probably going to be it's going to depend a lot on 
how John Gray looks when he comes back and what the whole deal is with Max Scherzer. But if John Gray comes back and he's really ready to, you know, be a a full-time starter, just go back and and be a normal starter. I think John Gray is your number three at that point. And you put Dunning as your four. If you're having to piggyback him and Heaney, I think that's a good combination of two guys with very, very different looks, very different kinds of stuff um, and different handedness. I think that's more effective than Martin and Dane Dunning because Martin is a pitchability, get weak ground balls, weak contact kind of guy. And Dane Dunning is that same kind of guy, whereas Heaney is more of a fastball slider changeup guy that gets more swings and misses and has a, a much different look and feel to him. And even though they both be different handedness, I think that combination works really, really well. And I think that's uh, the most effective way to use Heaney and Dunning. So I wouldn't be surprised if they stuck with it. Uh, if they if they don't have John Gray at full capacity and if they don't have Max Scherzer, then I think that Dunning just needs to start by himself in the ALCS if they get there and um, you know let Heaney either be your game four-star because you're going to need more starters in a best-of-seven series than you will in a best-of-five series. So long way, long story short, if the Rangers get there, it all just depends on John Gray and Max Scherzer and their health. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about Max Scherzer, what this rotation could look like next year, and a little bit more about this team. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. Then you can get in the action from first pitch until the final out. Like I was saying, the Rangers are World Series favorites right there, and uh, if you want to look at if they can win the divisional series there's a bunch of different bets like is Gunnar Henderson going to have uh, six plus hits in the ALDS um also Carlos Correa to have 10 plus hits uh, Bryce Harper to have three plus home runs in the NLDS is a plus 320 um the Rangers right now are a minus 1300 to win the series if you're wanting to hedge your emotional bets and bet on the Orioles to win the series they are plus 730 so if you're wanting to put down some money there just to just to calm yourself in, in the case of an, a terrible collapse, and you can go do it at FanDuel.com. So head on over there to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Step into the plate get, with this postseason and get with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Wednesday night show. If the Rangers do go to a game for, I'll be doing a live stream reaction after that game. If the Rangers don't clinch in three, then hopefully they will be talking about a ALCS appearance for the Rangers. The Rangers take on the Orioles this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now the next question comes to us from Sikkim Trent on Twitter. He asks, what can the rotation look like if we get Scherzer back? If he does come back, what kind of role would he be for the team? Now, unfortunately, I am not a medical doctor, and I will not speculate as to the health of Max Scherzer. But then again, what are podcasts for, if not for speculating wildly? I think that Max Scherzer, if he comes back, then it's going to be probably in a bullpen role. I can't see him missing a month and a half. And um, I mean, even if he did come back immediately, it would be kind of like rehabbing at the major league level, which is, you know, 
you can kind of get away with a little bit down the stretch um, or in the regular season. But um, as we saw, it can be painful seeing guys rehab at the major league level, basically what Nathan Evaldi did in the final month of the season. And now, thankfully, after what took three, four, five-ish starts from him, now he's looking like he is back to his fully healthy self. The Rangers don't have that luxury for Max Scherzer. I think if he comes back, it's probably going to be in a bullpen role. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm beyond doubting Max Scherzer. And if the Rangers do bring him back they will need to be assured that he is like fully healthy and ready to go and give the rangers some length because at the very least he's he's got to get you about five innings if you're going to have him be your starter or he's going to be in your back end bullpen kind of role kind of shore up that pen which i mean one more guy with postseason experience and nasty stuff and pitchability i mean max scherzer one to two inning outings as a back end guy i think that'd be very very helpful so it's it's either got to be in that kind of back end role kind of what I was hoping for for Cole Reagans at the beginning of the year of saying oh he should either be a back-end reliever or a starting pitcher because the guys are the best stuff they need to be one of those two things because having him come in and be a middle reliever when you already have you know Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney and uh, Martin Perez and Cody Bradford on your roster like it, it's just you don't need one more of those guys so if he does come back and and John Gray is healthy then I think that kicks Dane Dunning out of the starting rotation if both those guys are healthy in Gray and Scherzer it's going to go, you know, Montgomery number one, Nathan Ivaldi game two, then John Gray, then Max Scherzer. Mainly just because I think John Gray has a much better chance to be healthy and give you more length than Max Scherzer. But again, I mean, who freaking knows at this point? Now, next question comes to us from Bill Ding. Keys to victory in this upcoming homestand. Hate to bring up that I don't want another repeat of the 2015 Jays series. Well, Bill, none of us want a repeat of that series where the Rangers went up to nothing and then absolutely exploded and uh, ended up losing that series. But if if memory serves, I believe that the Rangers had the advantage and, and went to the Jays for for two of those games. If if my memory is correct, uh, the first two games were nope. Nope, I'm wrong. The Rangers went up to nothing, nothing on the road in Canada, including winning in the 14th inning game two, and they lost two games at home, went back to Canada, and lost in the final game in Canada. So um, just just win, out hit them, stay with that approach. The Rangers will have a starting pitching advantage, hopefully in game three. It, it seems like that'll be the case. It'll be like Kyle Gibson, I think, on the hill for game three. There is still no definite um, or even probable starter listed by the Orioles for game three. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But Nate Evoli's on the hill. Close it out with that guy on the hill and take care of business. Don't mess around. Don't, you know, don't goof off. Just go for the throat. End it. Give yourself an extra day's rest. Don't make it in question. Don't start to doubt yourselves. Just go get it. Go win the first game. Now, next question comes to us from UH Life. Um, could you see Rangers rotation, I'm assuming next year, of DeGrom, Yavaldi, Scherzer, Montgomery, and Gray slash Dunning? Yeah. Yeah, I could. Um, but again... Ivaldi is is going to be back next year. Scherzer's going to be under contract next year. It's all about re-signing Montgomery. Gray's going to be in the rotation next year. And DeGrom, you don't really know when he's going to be back next year. I'm kind of hoping for, like, end of the year. Like, this looks like a postseason roster. As long as DeGrom's healthy for the playoffs, that's when you really, really want him. You can survive. We have seen this Rangers team survive without him and win a bunch of games in the regular season. They could have probably won a lot more and won the division pretty handily if they had a healthy Jacob DeGrom and... Um, 
it, I don't think that the game one would have been nearly as in question if the Rangers had Jacob DeGrom thrown out there in game one. But again, it's all about keeping him healthy. And I think that looks like a pretty darn good rotation. Keeping Monty around as a guy who's durable and healthy, I think is should be a huge priority for them. Now, Hassan Jeremy, Hanson Jeremy um, on Twitter asked for game three reliever projections. Predictions? Well, I think that if the Rangers are winning, we're going to see their top three guys in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. And um, in Josh Spores, Rollis Chapman, and Jose Leclerc, it's going to look pretty similar, I think, hopefully, to what game two was in Tampa Bay. I mean, maybe you can get Nate Eovaldi to go six innings. That's that's kind of the hope. If he can go five and you got to use one of either Chris Stratton or Will Smith in the sixth inning, then you can kind of live with that, kind of be okay with that. Hopefully the Rangers have put up a bazillion runs and Nathan Eovaldi can just throw a complete game shutout on like 90 pitches and everything we find. But I think that all three of those guys are going to be um, ready. Chapman hasn't pitched since Saturday, so giving him two days off is going to be helpful for him. Spores is thrown on back-to-back days on Saturday and Sunday, but he only threw one pitch on Sunday. So I think he'll be plenty rested. Leclerc will be throwing his third game in four days, which will be a lot, but I think he's ready for it. He can handle it, but you really, that's why you really want to take care of business in this game, because if you use Chapman and you use Leclerc and neither of those guys are going to be ready for game four, and that's going to put you in a really weird position with, I mean, who knows as a start, that's why game, this game is so incredibly important. Uh, Garrett MJ asks if Max Scherzer is ready for the ALCS, will he be stretched out enough to make enough pitches to make a substantial impact? Well, I think that the ALCS is the earliest you can hope for from Max Scherzer. I I don't think you can count on him coming back in the middle of the series because then you have to make some roster moves and whoever you put on the IL is going to be ineligible for the ALCS. If you get there, um, again, with that caveat, but I think so. I'm I'm leaning towards him like expecting nothing from him again because this is still way coming back way earlier from injury than we initially anticipated. Um but it's Max Scherzer. He's a freak. He has barely been hurt in his entire career and if anybody can do this, it's him. But it, I'm also really worried because he's 39 and um the Rangers could really really use him being healthy next year where things are looking even brighter than they have been this year. And the last question comes to us from our friend Connor Newcomb over at Locked On Orioles. The question is, why must I suffer? And uh, the answer is, um, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have to suffer like this, Connor. Um, but just just know that you know maybe next year it'll be the Orioles dishing out some suffering. Or you know what? Maybe even this year. I mean, we've all seen how streaky this Rangers team can be and how much they can, you know go on a losing streak out of nowhere, it seems. And again, if the Rangers don't win this game three on Tuesday night with Nathan Eovaldi on the hill, it's going to put them in a really, really dire scenario where they could end up losing both games at home, going back to a game five and having to face off against Kyle Bradish. That'll be Kyle Bradish versus Jordan Montgomery. And hopefully with a different umpire that maybe has a more generous strike zone then Jordan Montgomery won't struggle as mightily as he did in this Sunday game. That would be an incredible pitching matchup for Game 5. And more baseball is almost always very fun, but I'm hoping that uh, this just means you have to suffer this year, dear Connor. And uh, maybe next year you can have your crack at um, the Astros if they make it to the playoffs or or somebody else. And this can be an ALCS matchup. And 
maybe next year after the Rangers, you know, win the World Series this year, and um, and maybe they win it next year too. But maybe the year after that can be the time for the Orioles to have some fun. But this Rangers team right now is a lot of fun and dealing out some suffering to now two straight uh, AL East teams. The, they, the AL East has won a grand total of zero games so far in these playoffs. And if the Rangers take care of business on Tuesday, it will be a grand total for sure of zero games, which is not, I think, what anybody expected at this point. But hey, that's the way baseball goes sometimes. Sometimes the 101 win juggernauts are toppled by those poor, lowly 90 win Rangers that uh, nobody believes in, except everyone believes in them. I can't decide if everyone believes in the Rangers or nobody at this point. All I know is that I believe in this team. I'm sure you believe in this team. Maybe you don't, but Hey, they get one more win. They're in the ALCS for the first time in 12 years, facing off either against the Twins or the Astros, hoping it's the Twins, just for the sake of my heart palpitations and YouTube comment section. But hey, even if it is those Astros, it's going to be a heck of a series. This series is not done yet. The Rangers have one more game to take care of business. It's time to take me higher, Texas Rangers. Take me higher in these playoffs to an ALCS. I want it. I need it. And don't just stop there. Go win the whole freaking thing. Because who cares what the playoff postseason format is? This is a darn good team. Maybe not the best on paper, but we've seen better teams on paper than the Rangers lose in earlier rounds. So, hey. It seems like they might just be due. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy playoff Texas Rangers baseball.